Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ballgame. So many ways to listen on 95.3 FM, 1350 AM, and always streaming on the new and improved KTIK app. All right, welcome back. Idaho Sports Talk, Prater in the Ballgame. I love in-studio interviews. One, Prater, because we get our autograph board signed, and that's what we're <laughs> going to do at the conclusion of this in-studio interview. We're talking with... One of the greats, Bronco Nation, 2002 WAC Defensive Player of the Year, a couple of All-Pros and a Pro Bowl and a long NFL career, Quentin Michael in studio. What's going on, Q? Thanks for giving us the time today. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. It's been a great day, man. We've we've had you on the show a million times over the last 20 years, and this is the first time in studio, dude. What's the matter with you kind of people? You you didn't age. I haven't seen you in person in 20 years. You look great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, my body aged. I feel I feel it in my it knees, does. my shoulders, and got a little belly now. You know, I'm in, enjoying myself. Nothing <laughs> yeah. wrong with a little belly action. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's been awesome, man. Thank you, thank you for that. Make me feel good. Hey, you're back in town, right? Let everybody, let Bronco Nation know you, your family, you moved back. What's the deal? Where are you guys at? Yeah, man, we moved back about a year and a half ago. Um, just you know, kind of got. I uh, got a little bit tired of the East Coast. Uh, finally convinced my wife to make the move. And, um, you know, it was kind of a leap of faith for her. And we just did it. And, then, um, you know, out of nowhere, she wanted to move and she was okay with it. And we moved. And now we're here and just enjoying life, man. We're It's it's funny. I forget how, how outdoors outdoorsmen you have to be when you're in this area. And so you're almost forced to always be outside, which is really cool because my wife loves going outside. She loves doing hikes and all that stuff. So, the outdoors part is awesome. We've been having a blast. I'm out there coaching my kids up and just spending time with them. It's been awesome. You got four kids now, right? Yeah, man. Two boys, two girls. Here we go. What was Ooh, I thinking? Baby. Here we go. <laughs> you know, that, that's interesting, too. Quentin Michael, again, with us. Like You you spent five years in Boise, showed up with Dirk Cutter, left when Dan Hawkins was here, and really helped build that program into what it is today. And the town, the area, the the geography, the landscape, that did enough for you so many years later to convince your wife, a Jersey girl, to say, hey, we're going to move our family to Boise, Idaho. What was it about the time when you maybe were here as a player that said, hey, if I can never settle down here, I might? Yeah, you know, I just I just love the area. The people are awesome. People are nice. Um, you just you feel, especially being on the East Coast for a while, I don't want to get on, on the soapbox about that whole stuff, but <laughs> you definitely feel more free out here. You, you know, do. COVID, the COVID, when COVID hit, it kind of, you know, got really, really weird on the East Coast. And, yeah. um, you know, fast forward to now, I just miss the freedom. I miss the, the, the clean, beautiful air. I miss just just being around nice people. As you know, East Coast. Forgot he was in Philly, Prater. He throws nice people. Hey, Michael, wrap up next time on the goal line. Right? Yeah, but did you, you remember the way you played football? You played football for Philadelphia fans the way you played, so they Good must point. love you. And, uh, Good point. I, I understand that there is that emotional connection there. But, yeah, Boise's just a little bit nicer than Philadelphia. Yes, yes, it's You still following. I mean, we got playoffs. We wanted to talk. Obviously, you got a lot of connections on the NFL playoffs, Quentin. Um, is there a particular matchup, I'll just let you go with this, that 
that is sticking out to you this week and, and, and maybe why it sticks out to you so much? What's Quentin Michael going to pay attention to this weekend the most? Yeah, man, for me, the, the biggest matchup I want to see is, is how the Bills play against the Chiefs. Um, two, two former coaches, Andy Reid, Sean McDermott, you know, and actually three, uh, Steve Spagnola, all there, all competing against each other. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like it's the year for Sean. Um, he's been he's been a, a great influence on my life, as has Andy, as has Spagnola. But they've already got their rings. They've already got their championships. I'm going to see my boy Sean get one this year. And uh, especially with all the stuff that they dealt with earlier in the season and even last season, I'd like to see him pull out a win. Yeah, Sean McDermott, coach of the Buffalo Bills. You you, you had him where? What, what's your relationship like with coach? Yeah, it was really cool. So Sean was actually the first person I talked to from the Eagles organization. He was ever. the ever, ever. The, the leading up into the draft, a couple of days before the draft, I got this call and he's like, hey, this is Sean McDermott. I'm, you know, such and such. I'm like, okay. And he's like, uh, we're we're thinking about bringing you in as a free agent. I'm like, a free agent, man. I'm about to get drafted. I'm gonna get drafted. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, of course, I didn't get drafted. And then, like, as after after the draft, Sean calls me. He's like, "Hey, are you still interested?" <laughs> <laughs> that must have been awkward. I was like, "Oh, I love it." So yeah, so I ended up out there, and, and Sean was very instrumental in my in my. He, you know, he raised me. He kind of taught me the game and things that I still do and teach other guys, other players, young players today. I learned from Sean, so you know I want to see him pull one out. I want to see him get a win. Hey, Brader, pretty cool. Sean McDermott watching Boise State football in the early two thousands, getting the, <laughs> getting the goods on Quentin Michael. That's cool how that all comes full circle, Prater. It, it is really cool, and I would imagine uh, uh, JP. What's our budget around here? Because I'd like to steal. I'd like to buy Quentin's uh, Rolodex. I'm sure he's got some names and some numbers in there that uh, we would love to have on this show. But in the meantime, we we do have Quentin Michael, a very exclusive club member, by the way, one of only ten former Boise State football players who's played on the blue and actually stepped foot and played in the Super Bowl. It's an exclusive club. I know you didn't get the the ring. I know you didn't get the dub. They're a three point loss to Tom Brady, some guy in 2005 winning Super Bowls all the time, but uh, it's a very important part of the club, and, and we're glad to have you here on the show. So when, when you think of playoffs, when you, you've been through that, just what kind of emotions do you feel now when you watch the NFL playoffs and, and how you interact and, and how important it is to you right now? I mean, are you watching every single game? And it seems like you're still very much attached to the sport of football. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love watching the game, especially this time of year. Um, and I always, I always go back to my mindset during the playoffs, and I'll never forget the first week of playoffs when I was a, a rookie. And I just remember walking into the building, and it just felt like, like the the tension as soon as you entered the the building before you even touched the field was just so thick. And so you know you go on the intensity on the practice field was just raised up another notch. Like everything is just raised, the stakes are raised, and uh, it's just it's playoff football. There's nothing better to say about it. It's just awesome. So I love playoff football. I'm excited. I'm gonna be sitting on the couch again. My wife's probably gonna be mad at me, but <laughs> I'll be up there watching all those games. What do you remember? And what stands out for you about that 2005 Super Bowl? Uh, the biggest thing that stands out, um, <laughs> I hate to always bring this up, but I, there's some there's some weird stuff. If you go back and watch the game, you okay. know they've been caught with the cameras, the the, the Patriots and the the you know the flake. They've been caught up a few times, all right? Yeah, so yeah, for right. me, the thing I, I remember the biggest was the whole second half. It was like every single time we called the blitz. They mysteriously had a screen on Dang. every single time, and so to this day, I will, I will. You can't, you can't prove it wrong. You can't prove me wrong. <laughs> they knew something. 
those those sneaky Patriots. So many that's what players I have that. said that. That's what that's his number one Super Bowl memory. He <laughs> yeah. thinks the you know, God dang it, the Patriots. They knew something, and that and let me just so that never happens in the NFL where they just pick up the blitz. Whoa, every single time. How they they they, they scheme so well that never happens. Never ever happens ever. That's interesting. And, and not in the road. Conspiracy theory. Our producer JP <laughs> is the leader in sports conspiracy, conspiracy theories in this town. He's eating this up right now. Yeah, and you you check two boxes because he's the conspiracy guy. I'm the grudge guy. I love grudges and holding grudges. It sounds like 20 years later you still hold a grudge. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know it was funny last night. I was uh, I opened up my safe and I was showing you know my 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 daughter is like all this cool jewelry that I've accumulated over the years. And then I, I showed, hey, this is my Super Bowl ring. And my older, my younger son, who's 14, and he's a little smart, but he's like, that's uh, not a Super Bowl ring. That's an AFC championship ring. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, Dad. yeah, you're right. Thanks. Thanks for that. You just, I was trying to brag to my daughters. They had no idea. It said it has an eagle on it. And now he's shot me down. So. Yeah, I have a grudge. Was that? I mean, that's probably the absolute pinnacle. Again, Quentin Michael with us. Only 39 players have played more games with the Eagles in their history than our guest right now, Quentin Michael. Wow, I didn't know Isn't that. crazy? Only 39 Eagles have played in more games than you have. So a long time Philadelphia Eagle here with us. And, you know, experiencing the Super Bowl in a town like Philly, I'm sure that's just tremendous because when you guys got back there, they hadn't been there since, I think, Dick Vermeil in 1980. So that was a historic thing that you guys were able to do. Take me back to Boise State. What's the mountaintop at Boise State if the Super Bowl was that for your NFL career? When I when I was a player? Yeah, at Boise um, State. What what was your what's the mountaintop? What was the biggest your biggest moment as a Bronco? For me, it will always be beating Fresno State. Um, that that game because you know I, we played yeah. in bowl games. We did you know this, this is the but, 01 game, the Greg uh, Sasser game. Yes, yeah, and you know David. Uh, David Carr, superstar, he, you know, the Fresno State team, Pat Hill, they were just, just dominating, destroying everybody. Oh, we'll play anyone. And then we went into Fresno State, and, you know, we went in there and whooped them. And uh, to me, that was the biggest game. That was kind of what put us on the map as a, as a program for our, our group of guys. And so for me, that game will always stick out, and that's one that I'll look back fondly on. That That's interesting because that you said the right phrase there. That's the game that put – modern Boise State football on the map. There's no doubt about that. And then your appearance in the Super Bowl in 2005, you know, Boise State put a player in the Super Bowl in the 70s and 80s and and an early one in the 90s, but you started the the, the modern era of Boise State players playing in the Super Bowl, and, and there's been a really steady list there. So, that's two major accomplishments in, in in your career that you were a major part of. How does that make you feel? Oh, it makes me feel great. Um, you know, hopefully in the future that list will grow. I'd love to see more guys to get an opportunity to play, and I think that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's really cool. I didn't really know that until, you know, you just explained that to me. And so it's it's really cool. It's it's an honor to be a part of that. It's, you know, a testament to, you know, Coach Cutter and, and that group of coaches and how they developed us and, you know, our group of guys. And, you know, I love where Boise State's headed now. I love the way things are going, and hopefully it continues to build on itself. If the Eagles, and I want to jump over to some of the coaching carousel stuff with you because Quentin Michael, Jim Harbaugh, is interviewing for jobs. Mike Vrabel is going to coach again, your Super Bowl counterpart. Pete Carroll, I think, wants to coach. I'm not seeing, hearing or any seeing any interviews, but it felt like he wants to from his press conference. And Bill Belichick is interviewing for jobs there. I, I mean, 
What's your take on these four players? Kind of not one by one, but there's some big names out there, and you've seen big coaches, big name coaches come into programs. I mean, uh, the NFL is going to get a lot better, I would think, if these four coaches have jobs next year, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, all those guys, all those coaches are phenomenal coaches, and it's going to be interesting to see where they go because then you're going to kind of decide based on where they go what they value. And so I'm really looking at that that uh, San Diego job. You got a, a franchise quarterback. You got a pretty good defense, although they're aging a little bit. And you've got an, an owner that, on the outlook, looks like he wants to invest in the team. So I'll be interested to see who goes there because that team is going to be the Chargers. Yeah, I think that team's going to be the most dangerous in the future. By the way, you you owe a buck to the fine jar. You said San Diego Chargers, of which I contribute all the time. Swear jar. <laughs> We're charging so, Quinn oh. Michael. Hopefully, hopefully you got a buck left from all your NFL contract <laughs> money. You said San Diego. Yeah. I, I, I wrote that. that down, too. I mean, I, I do it all the time, man. I do it all the time. <laughs> Should the, I mean, would the Eagles upgrade? I mean, Nick Sirianni is kind of wishy-washy right now. People are like, uh-oh. I mean, the first half was great. The second half hasn't been. Um, um, if Mike Vrabel wants to coach the Eagles, is that an upgrade over Sirianni? Bill Belichick in Philadelphia is scary. Pete Carroll would probably light a fire there. Jim Harbaugh is good wherever he goes. I mean, you you, you keep a close tabs on the Eagles. Could they be better off looking at one of these names? I mean, Dallas obviously didn't, but do the Eagles? Should they? I I don't think they should from the from this for my for this reason. The, the, they are they were eleven they were a ten win team and then there was a decision made where I don't even believe that that came from Sirianni I believe that it came from above Sirianni to quote unquote fire the defensive coordinator and then bring in Matt Patricia which I disagree with from the outset so to me I think that that was from above him and so just for that decision alone I think he deserves another chance um, I do believe that these other coaches are an upgrade but. Remember, the GM there is Howie Roseman, and you can tell me Howie Roseman is going to tell Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll or Vrabel or Harbaugh what to do. There's no way those guys are going to Howie likes to, to tell Howie. people what to do? He likes to do things his own way. Okay. And that's why I believe that they brought in a guy like Sirianni because they can kind of, quote-unquote, control him and guide him and kind of do what they want and choose and – they're not going to be able to do that with those other coaches. We feel like Jerry Jones kind of likes to do that, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. So uh, let's continue that debate today, ball game. Uh, I'm very fired up about that one. Hey, I know we're running out of time here. Appreciate your time. I did want to ask you about Andy Reid. So, so close to him and what he did there in Philadelphia and and the Super Bowl. And he's still, 20 years later, just creating postseason magic still. What is it about Andy Reid in the postseason that makes him so good? Oh man, he's just he the way he gets the team to focus, the way he gets the teams to pull together. I mean, obviously he's always had phenomenal quarterbacks. He's always been a great quarterback coach cuz that's that's what he's known for. And so for him to be able to have what he has in Mahomes and be able to get a guy like that and and not have the greatest receiving core, but also get them to come together and play together at a time like this. That's really what his his um his his the beauty of what he does is he can mind like he, I don't know if it's like a mind control you know he's a psychiatrist sure. by by uh, schooling um, just his ability to be able to get everyone to pull together and focus on one goal at a time where it matters the most that's what he's so good at and um, you know I, my hat goes off to him hopefully like I said earlier I want to see my man <laughs> it's McDermott do it for you yeah right? there's no loss there but yeah 
Um, yeah, I love I love both those guys. I, I got a quick one before we get you out of here, too. I mean, two I could argue that the two most influential, impactful coaches on Quentin Miles and Quentin Michael's life are Dirk Cutter and Andy Reid. Absolutely. They're really good friends. I knew you know that. that. I mean, San Francisco <laughs> State, they're in a closet smaller than this studio devising game plans, running that offense. Making 7500 bucks a year. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> like, was there ever a point in your life where you were in the same room with both of them? Did Dirk ever come and check out practice and you were like, oh, hey, I know that, guy. Is there any stories there, Q? Um, no, like, honestly, the only, the only time that I've ever been around – I actually don't think I've ever been around when they've both been together. Interesting. Um, okay. I've I've <laughs> I have a funny story about Coach Cutter. When he was coach the uh, usually the head coach at Atlanta or the Tampa. OC. No. Oh, um, Atlanta. Atlanta. OC. And uh, I remember talking to him before the game, and uh, you know I, I might have told this story before. And he's like, "Yeah, you know how are things going." And this is when I was in St. Louis. So I was like, things are good. Things are good. And then. He's like, yeah, okay. And as we broke up at the before we broke up and went to the locker room before the game starts, he's like, yeah, we'll try to get you uh, later in the game. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, what the heck does that mean? So first place, second half, double move, Roddy White, right on me down the middle of the field. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what he meant to try to get me. No. Set me up the whole first half, and then ran a double move on me with Roddy White for a bomb for a touchdown. I'm like, and, okay, thanks, coach. Did you get him afterwards? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get to see him. I was so angry. I, I just. <laughs> I just went into the locker room. I was embarrassed. Dude, you're really good at this, and we appreciate you. You're a natural in front of a microphone. You're a natural on video. You're really good at what you do. You have a podcast right now in Philadelphia. You've explored the idea of kind of expanding this media mogul empire that you'd like to create. So uh, you still love football. You still love to talk. You were always one of my favorite. You were a great interview back in the day, and I remember always going to you and trying to get as much stuff because you were – you know, you didn't give us the outlandish, crazy locker room quote. You gave us the smart, the smart stuff and the intelligent stuff. And you were always a deep thinker. So uh, I, I like the idea that you're still trying to pursue and still trying to be relevant and, and still attached to football. Dude, you're checking all the boxes, and I love what's going on in your life right now. Absolutely. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's, it's been a lot of fun, and I, I enjoy our, our podcast um, that I do with the Eagles, uh, me and Jason Avon, former player, former teammate. Um, we enjoy it. We have a good time. We just we just talk football and we just talk about you know sometimes about life. But this is this is therapeutic, but it's also fun. I just I just enjoy it, and I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and and hopefully I can you know continue to build on this. Appreciate it. There's Quentin Michael, and that's why you listen <laughs> to Idaho Sports Talk. Prayer in the ball game. KTIK the ticket. Are you ready for hard hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.